looking at affordable housing. We're already looking at workforce housing. We do have a bunch of certification sustainability initiatives in place like solar versus glass, that type of thing. And infrastructure demand, I think if you look at these six themes, the two that we're really not touching on right now are condominium and infrastructure demand. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Um, just saying, do we want to put those in the top tier? So condo and open space, right? And say, you know, we really want you to prioritize when you're going to draw down these benefits, you know, a cohort, a subset of these are kind of the top half of priorities for the city, right? Where we want you to spend or invest dollars versus just have them choose from the list a la carte without any direction. And something else to concern me, or please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at one point you said condos contribute approximately two and a half times as much as in a, an apartment building. An affordable apartment building would be even less because there's a different, a different valuation. So when considering this, if you consider condominiums and they pay two and a half times as much the taxes as a standard apartment building, affordable housing would pay even less. Indirectly from a condominium, you're getting money, the city's receiving money for infrastructure improvements. Just, just something to consider. I understand Commissioner Lima, but I think that we, we also have a bigger need that we, I mean, I know we're always trying to justify and get the maximum value for our city, but it's not always the best interest of the people of the city. So we also got to consider, you know, workforce housing and affordable housing, which is the majority. So um, we just got to look into that as well. Can I say something? Yes. I, I, I understand the affordable and workforce housing conversation. I don't disagree that everybody needs to pull their weight, but the city of South Miami does not need to pull the weight for Coral Gables, South Miami, Pinecrest, and everybody else who's not doing it. Because right now we have the Somi Park going up. We have the one across the street. So I, I think it's, I think I, I'm gonna ask you to, I, yeah. we've, we've talked about that point, it's a, it's a fair point. And I was actually talking about it last night at a, at a forum where I said that we need regional mandates, right? So yeah, that communities like ours don't become the sole repository. I, I think what we should ask Mark to do is once he's done his calculation, we should figure out how many new units by virtue of this plan we're gonna create, and then we can have a conversation about what the right target is of those units to be affordable or workforce. Does that make sense? Or normal, yes. Correct, and then it, could, it could, then it could also feed a discussion about how much we prioritize these bonuses in those two categories. Is that maybe a fair way to talk about it? As opposed to, because we've had the, the abstract conversation and I know where yeah. you're going and I wanna be, respect, I wanna be mindful of our time but respectful of your point as well, which is let's not be the first guys always to sign up yep. and and do our part, but not have make anyone else do it. So maybe with that data, it helps kind of inform the discussion. What's the total theoretical capacity that we could end up with? Right. And then let's figure out how we want to target with these bonuses or, to or induce maybe, people to build yeah. a certain amount of units. Or maybe go backwards and say, this yeah. is what our city is. This is what we have in single family and condominium. Sure. This is what we have left. Sure. What What is that? Correct. Number yeah. now, because we have a significant number, even though it doesn't feel like we do, we do. We certainly have more than anybody else in our of our immediate neighbors, no doubt. So. On a relative basis, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and to that point, to the affordable, I mean, Mayor, to the affordable workforce, low-income housing camp, which I'm not a part of, and one thing I've always brought up um, in terms of affordable housing is it was never intended to be permanent. That's where this country, one of the many areas of the country got it wrong. So um, to that point, I hear people saying, oh, if we want to serve our city, then we need affordable, low-income housing. Well, if you're really trying to build a city and build residents, right, 
Where do they graduate to? Where's the in-between between workforce and a single-family home, which if you're in workforce, I'd argue it's unaffordable. No, I so where do you graduate to? Or are you just becoming dependent on low-income housing? Yeah, and I mean, I know I, I know we're going into the housing discussion here. But I was wondering if it would be an oversimplification if we're talking about buckets to go with open space, which is on its own, um, affordable housing, workforce housing, and condominiums all kind of fall into the same housing bucket. And then you have the sustainability. Would If we were going to create some sort of requirement system, would we put it in those buckets with those options? One, one you know. I just think maybe that's a good way to simplify what, what we're talking about here. And, uh, and do we want to consider the certification even one of these six, considering what we have in place right now? You know, with, or do we want to just have that as a separate thing? Because if I were to look at this right now, I'm like open space is a universe by itself. Yeah. And then let's say that we're following Brian and we're saying, okay, this is the bucket for housing. This is the bucket for sustainability. As a city, I think we should be more worried about infrastructure. And, 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 and Steve has been wonderful pointing that out in the past. Like, hey, we're building, 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 but there's nothing to kind of keep it together. So if we're going to be really targeting something, maybe minimizing the sustainability one to the infrastructure or even having a conversation of how that infrastructure should play, not even as a bonus, but as part of your building, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so I, I think to your point, I think this is your point, um, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but as I understand what you're saying, I, I, I know I need some more information about how five and six would work from a, from a calculation evaluation perspective. And I think it would be helpful for us to have, a, to have an informed conversation about how we prioritize these things. I think we should have a policy statement for this board as to how we want to prioritize these things. We, I think Commissioner Lehman's right, we are seeing a lot of product, multifamily products, it's easier to finance in the market today, mm -hmm. coming to market without any for sale product. So we can nudge the market by with an inducement for more for sale product, I think that's appropriate. It, I think it'd be helpful when we do a total calculation on the aggregate number of units. Mm -hmm. Mark, if you could give us a sense of what the right distribution of those units are. And then maybe try to try to tie the bonuses to that. So you could have a minimum of let's just say it's five thousand units, not less than a thousand, right? Should be condo units, right? Not less than a uh, thousand should be workforce and affordable. And the bonus structure should relate to driving those kind of development goals. That makes sense to everyone from a conceptual perspective. That makes okay. sense as long as we're using real world, not no. We're using utopia. we're going to use our yeah, maximum that's... theoretical development capacity that we're creating. I think versus uh, under this plan. Yeah, no, and what I'm saying is like use <coughs> use real world when it comes to the type of housing for our city versus the utopia of if the world had five thousand units, one thousand should be this and one thousand should be that. We need to have a multi layered conversation when it comes to that because you've got like we two were discussing a tax implication, a workforce implication, there's mm -hmm. all these other things that play into it. So, so I think that it, it's a little bit deeper than we're just busting down the numbers. No, I, 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 I think the numbers help kind of quantify mm -hmm. what the right distribution should be. 100%. Because I think the, the converse to, you know, my friend's point here about the, re the revenue po positivity of condo is that the other uh, revenue negativity, it's not direct revenue to us, but to our businesses, right? Is the inability for them to staff, you know, their businesses, right? Yeah, so and that, seen, I, I, you and know, those, you hit yeah. it right on the head, because that's, that's really what sh 
should be driving that I agree. more than anything That's, else. Right. What do we need here? Yeah. Here in this city, I, I mean, I, I may sound mean, but I don't. And care it may about be a general. Cities. It may be that we use a general benchmark because it's hard to get to a number. But I, I just think I'd like to see what's the best practice. How can we think about what the right distribution should be, and then tying the bonuses to achieve that distribution. That's where my mind is at. Colleagues, I don't know if your minds are in the same place, but that's where I'd like to kind of see the conversation go. I, I think it makes sense. And again, as long as we use the real world and not utopia as a concept. Sure. I mean, speaking of the real world, probably the only city with the metro rail in the heart of our commercial area. Correct. Mm -hmm. So in, ter in terms of metro rail is closer to our commercial area than any other. More, right, most of these apartments would be. So I'll argue that you can find staff. They, they don't have to live in the city. No, they don't, but I mean, we do need some minimum number of, of I think, inventory available for that, for it not to become self-defeating in some way, right? right. So. Mm -hmm. so, so we'll come back. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I don't know if we answered the original question at all. <laughs> Are we tabling it based on this? I think we want to give staff, I mean, I might, that would be my direction. If you can come back with that layer of analysis, mm -hmm. So, so we can kind of prioritize these things. And then, again, I'm going to be the one kicking the dead elephant probably. But I think the other thing is, you know, to use Brian's distribution, a housing bucket, a sustainability bucket. I want to understand how the sustainability bonuses would work. Because, you know, again, I think we, yeah. lead gold is probably market at this point. Right? So I'm not sure that we, we need to induce that dramatically. Uh, or you can inform me how many buildings, buildings coming to market are hitting those thresholds or not. But uh, or some equivalent. I don't know that lead has to be the standard. We can there's some other market standards we possibly could use as well. But I, I, you know, I think the other the other the other goal for me is the, I'm going to use the word preservation for lack of a better term, which is again how are we going to resolve the aesthetic of you know preserving sunset right at its current scale, and again that is if we if we don't use a TDR scheme, then how are we going to achieve that, right? So that's the other piece I'd like to see addressed. Well, <laughs> currently, currently the way that we are addressing that is that we limit the uh, height restrictions on there, right? Isn't that what we had already talked about? Um, sunset, yes. Yeah. It would be to limit the first, and we haven't, again, the, the depth of it gets into the numbers, which we're working on right now. And in fact, I have to do the numbers for the, we're gonna push the comprehensive plan ahead and those numbers have to come out to support that as well. So that's what would come back the next time we meet. Um, and that will also help with the bonuses, which, and I agree with what you're saying, and Commissioner Corey kind of hit my thinking too, is that we have three buckets here. One is related to an investor's ROI and, and what their performance is, which is the workforce affordable in condominiums. We should have open space out there as its own, I think, and then the others are infrastructure related. So we could, we could actually structure it so that, you know, you have to pick two from this bucket, two from this bucket, two from this bucket to try to even it out. But that's a discussion that we can have when we, you know, have all the numbers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, again, I just on the height issue, understand that's how we can do it. I, I just don't know that it's going to. Pre I mean, I'd like to see the you know the corner of five seven and Sunset, the southwest corner improved. It's a designated building. Whether we do something for historically designated properties to help them bring more capital to bear on you know improving their buildings because I don't think that, I mean as wonderful as the scale of the building is the physical plan of the building could stand to use uh, some investment mm -hmm. and I, I think the owner would agree from based on my conversations with him 
I'm sure he uh, would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think we should think about a scheme that allows at least those buildings to tap into um, rights that they're not going to be able to sever. I understand what you're saying, but when people own historic buildings, I'll use Coralway, perfect mm -hmm. example. The houses on Coralway, a million of them have been knocked down, rebuilt, knocked down, rebuilt to whatever they are. Other houses have a historical designation and they are what they are. And there's no conversation about why they don't have what the house, three, house, house, three houses down has because it wasn't designated historical. I think that kind of it's kind of one of those things you get what you get and you don't get upset which I know sounds like it's minimizing it but at its core that's the reality when you have a historic building Does it have that's historic? what you have which was a choice it's historic oh, in the city or county the building historic? previous owners and if, if I may elaborate on that right you can choose to make your house historic short-term benefit uh, right, best investment, long term. Um, there's a number of buildings here. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think building historic is a marquee. Um, but I'm sorry, was that the, the marquee, the crossroads marquee? The crossroads marquee. Yeah. Part of the yeah, facade. Yeah, yeah. But there's something really architecturally significant in my opinion. All that to say is a choice become historic. Um, the person who bought the building knows that person who bought the building will tell you I overpaid for the building and I can't afford to improve it. So then comes the city, we develop a bonus, but that's really corporate welfare. Yeah, well, it, it I, was I, a I would, I would, again, I, my, my, my perspective is not related to that one building. My perspective is a property rights perspective, which is, you know, if we are going to all of a sudden ratchet up the envelope for everyone else in the district, I think it stands the reason that the people who are going to help preserve the character of the town center should get some benefit. We shouldn't just say to them, too bad, so sad, right? You should be locked in at four stories. That's my perspective. I know we have that one issue, and you're probably right. They probably overpaid for the building. I'm not going to get into that argument. But my, my point is, if everyone else is getting the benefit, I, I like to try and treat parties that are similarly situated the same. And I think that there's really no difference uh, in, this, in this case where we're liberalizing the envelope for everybody else. I think we should do something. If we're not going to liberalize the envelope because we want to keep the scale, there should be some concession in their favor. That's my point. Yeah. Mayor, I appreciate what you're saying. Um, one, we're not, I know you didn't say this, we're not adversely impacting their values. On the contrary, which I'll argue in a second, and we're not adversely impacting their property rights. By nature of everything going up around it, you're going to improve their value and improve the demand. And then when the lease renews, what they can charge per square foot, because you're talking about what's going to go in the second to however high we're going to allow, it's going to be office and residential, and that will support the first floor retail, hence increasing the valuation. So I'll argue we're increasing the value of all those one story, and then by keeping it one, um, two stories, which is what you want to do, Mayor, um, on, on Sunset Drive, we're preserving the character, which also will make that area more desirable. So I, I think we're increasing by increasing the zoning around it. We're increasing the value of those of those properties. Again, I, again, I just think it's um, I think it's a tough pill for people on that street to swallow. And and, and quite honestly, I'm not comfortable with a scheme that's not going to recognize the fact that they're being asked to again sacrifice for the benefit of the rest of the district. So that's how I would, that's how I see it. But 
I don't want to get bogged down in that conversation. Let's move on. Uh, where do we want to go next, Mark? Um, actually, since we started the TDR yeah. conversation, and I don't have anything on that yet you yeah. know, in the booklet, um, I would like to actually tap into your thinking on that issue. Because I, I see a number of issues just kind of walking into it and just looking at the aerial. Um, so we want to establish a TDR to preserve the height for the historic Main Street ceiling and the facade of we who? We want to establish, yeah, the five we of us had this conversation it. previously and four out of the five of us said no. Okay. Well, um, that was in the con I thought that was in the context of one project, not no. in the context generally. No, no, no. So we were talking about so Sunset So apparently Drive. it's just me so that wants to do this at the moment. I mean, yeah, Mayor, I think what, what I, it was in the context of the one project, but it was also an aspect, I mean, talking about all that Sunset Place. Sunset, Sunset Drive. Drive, sorry. To me, it's too small of a property to do TDRs. TDRs would be too complicated in this specific re region where we're only talking about maybe a quarter of a mile. Like, it's just, it's complicated, and it's not needed in this particular, and that's just my opinion. And that's why I've always said no, I don't think we should do TDRs for this specific reason. I, that was it. How, so then how would you, so you think there's no need to recognize the fact that we're treating them dissimilarly? Or, or you think that the value, you think you, I guess you're, you would subscribe to Commissioner Lieben's logic, which is there's inherent value in seeing development around those parcels. Well, I think it's my, it's what I've been saying from the get-go. Like, we, we don't award people for land banking. It's just what we'd want the city to do. Well, they're not for. land banking. I mean, they're, I mean, I mean the, most, you know, the most successful businesses there are, are, I mean, are located on Sunset Drive, right? So I think what he's saying is by virtue of development everywhere else, they're going to see their base rents increase substantially. I right? believe that's the case. I, I, I don't disagree, but, I, uh, but you know, the ability to build, you know, eight additional stories has tremendous intrinsic value to those owners, right? And if you told them today they could take that value and monetize it versus, you know, you know incrementally increased rents uh, uh, on ground floor or second story retail, I, I mean, I think it's... And who, who are you going to give the TDR rights who are you going to take them from? I think you're not the taking off sunset. Not There's no one on sunset that's going to provide that. So you're going to go across. Sorry, was that? Where are you going to get those TDR? Like, where are you going to get the funds from the TDRs that will pay those air rights on Sunset Drive? Like, who are we going to? The very people who would pay us for bonuses could basically use that as a tier that they could access. So one of the tiers, they'd have to buy. If they're going to buy two floors, one of the floors they'd have to buy in the form of TDRs from owners on Sunset Drive. So uh, it's that, just constant. Huh? Like, if we if we have. I don't know, 15 buildings being up and they're all going some bonus structures. They're all going to contribute to this TDR fund that goes back to... It's not a fund. They would well. basically buy the rights directly from the property owner. So basically, what you know, there's a... The way this works everywhere else, the city would basically determine how many latent rights they have to sell. They'd give them a certificate that stipulates what they can sever. And they can do a contract with a third party. And, and typically, there's a, what they call a certificate of transfer that's recorded. And that becomes the basis for rights being used elsewhere. And how do you enforce and make sure that the money being allocated to that is actually being used to improve the property? You, there are uh, other jurisdictions tied. Yeah, go ahead, sir. Declaration of restriction. That's what that's what you would enter into. Um, so the the selling entity, the the one that has the TDRs recognized, so the one on Sunset, would have to enter into a it's a declaration of restriction, uh, committing to putting this money into the into the building, and that they have a certain amount of time to put the money into the building. Um, that's enforceable by the city. Um, you know, we'll have to explore whatever what the what what mechanisms we can have but, for enforcement. But, but that's what that. But see, that's my point. Though my point is that 
for such a small area, all this red tape that we have to go through, it's not what we want. As, I mean, I don't. I don't want that as a city where we have to go through this process every time we're trying to do that. Hold funds, make sure people are, are improving it. We're not, we're not, just you, the only, sorry, our only the role in the transaction, if there is one, we can certainly do it in any number of ways, would be to document what they're eligible to, to give and what the other side's what the other side's receiving, right? So that there's a, a reconciliation of what's left thereafter to sell or not sell, right? And maybe that it's too bureaucratic and nobody ever does it, but at least I would feel better about giving those owners a chance to sell those rights to a third party than, than not. I mean, look, I, I'll tell you quite honestly, folks, um, if there's not a solution for this scenario, I'll probably vote I'll probably vote no on the whole thing. Because to me it's that important. No on what whole thing? On the whole the whole study. On to the me, whole what? The whole this whole package. To me, this is the. To me, this is. So you want to hold all of this hostage? It's not hostage. For something uh, that you want. No, I'm not. It's not not what? hostage. What does it sound like? No, I'm just saying I'm going to vote no. I mean, there's four votes here. I'm not in the ability to hold anything but, hostage. No, but you're. I'm just making the point. I think it's that important. I think it's you know that's that's why I'm saying it very clearly. I think it's that important. That's why I've been kicking this dead horse. I don't think it's frankly fair to say to people on the street that's going to make the district too bad, so sad. You know, we're, we're going to give people substantially more rights than they have today. And, yeah, you're going to get the incremental benefit of, you know, their, let's say their, their, their ground floor rents go up 50%. I don't think it's still equates to the value of the, of the opportunity associated with selling an additional eight floors of height, right? So, I mean, that's, that's, that's how I see it. Again, you know, I'm going to work through with everyone else in good faith to put together a package that makes sense globally. But I would love to see some sort of resolution to this particular issue. If it's not a TDR scheme, I'm open to any other ideas. But I think it's just got to be a recognition of the fact that these people are creating substantial value. That's going to be the thing that potentially makes the character of the district. Do you want to take this? You can go first. Before I speak, speak to you, but I was going to ask Commissioner Corey his thoughts because he's nodding and. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably in the same boat as Commissioner Kaye. I just you know feel like it might be a little overcomplicated, might be a little hard to execute. I've certainly had thoughts about what to do for that area, especially with the major construction that'll go on. Maybe finding ways to support them in in the temporary uh, side. I don't think that they're going to be as bothered perhaps by this because of their increased value, and maybe there probably was never a realistic expectation in their heads that this that this property was going to be able to go that high, even if everything went high around it. So that's where I stand, and I, I would like to keep it simple and be supportive of them. I mean, they've, they've kept us afloat this whole time. Well, you know, it, it'd be nice to find ways to mitigate the challenges that they will face in the coming years, but nothing that major, I suppose, with, with the rezoning. Well, through the mayor, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I just when I was doing my research back on TDRs back when we had these conversations, it, it was it was hard to find success stories on TDRs with this small footprint. It, it was just hard to find that. So most of the TDRs that were successful were much bigger areas, much bigger square. I mean, uh, height restrictions, not restrictions, height uh, allocations. So if we if uh, I'll I'll give you the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. So maybe we can do a study on it to understand a couple TDRs that have been successful in this small footprint. I mean, we're talking about a block and a half, two blocks, right? So it's, you know, I just want to understand that. It, it just, I don't want to overcomplicate that. 
in this specific, but I'll, I'm, I'm open to study that part of it to see something successful. Guys, I'm open to, I'm, again, it doesn't have to be a TDR. Just like there's got to be something else on, you know, benefit for these folks. But Commissioner Levin. It, to Commissioner Kai's point, he's mentioned twice that it's a small area in terms of the length of the area. What I'll also argue is the parcels are amongst the smallest in the city. Now, whether it's accurate or not, we're all looking at the plot map. But I don't even think necessarily build eight stories there, there's there's no parking there's no, no accessibility for a car then you're talking about assemblages you have a lot of legacy owners um if you speak to the andy um hessen the owner of the blue roof building which is now gray so it doesn't make sense for him to build any it's still referred to as the blue roof building but there's um there's no incentive for him to build even though half of his lot and i don't know if it's exactly half but it seems like it is a parking lot so you think it would make sense um, at no point does it ever make sense for him to do something similar to the town, the town structure. It, do, it doesn't always make uh, financial sense. Um, the other thing I'll, I'll argue is approach. You can go do a survey. Approach, if you can, all the, the uh, property owners, not the shop owners, but the property owners along Sunset Drive, and ask them yes or no. Would you be okay with us supporting the new development, I mean, the new zoning, if it didn't apply to your property? I don't think anyone would say... I don't think anyone would say no. I'll have a um, chance. I'll have a chance to have that conversation with them next and week. Then so the, the the other thing I'll, I'll say, I mean, two other things is one is the way you improve the area is placemaking. That is an absolute investment in the area. And look at go back and bring up Ross Pro, but look back and what he did with the airport. He gave the property away. Why? Because it made the surrounding area, which he owned, that much more valuable. And overall, it was an absolute net positive. And it's the same thing can be said here. It's going to make those properties so much more valuable. Can I say something? I'm sorry. Go yes, go ahead, Madam Vice Mayor. Okay. I, I think what the, the four of us are, are pretty clear on the TDR issue, so I think we don't need to keep beating that one to death. But if you feel so strongly about doing something, then maybe it's a, hey, what other thing can happen? Because... The TDR, I, I agree with everybody else here, it doesn't make sense for us. Does that mean that it doesn't make sense for us to incentivize in some way those properties? Agreed. Th that's a completely different story. And I think that is a better conversation, at least as it relates to the majority of us. And I'm open to that. Yeah, so I'm not saying, so yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. Say yeah. 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 Right on the line. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So I think, I think the direction, again, the consensus of the board is, we don't want to see a TDR proposal. Well, unless you're going to say no. Well, I, 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 again, unless there's not, <laughs> unless, there's, <laughs> no. unless there's something else on the table, I am going to say no. But I, but you understand why? We'll, but so, I, we'll but look. It's it. okay. I can say no. It's not the end of the world. Well, uh, we're trying to build consensus. It's the end of the world. I know. <laughs> I know. So maybe, maybe that you like that. Maybe that is a conversation that happens outside of this code thing. Because if we're not doing the TDR, then we need to maybe think about it in combination with placemaking and something else because I just don't know how it happens uniquely in placemaking right that's the challenge so it's got to I think it's got to happen somewhere else but I, I I do get the I do I do recognize Commissioner Lieben's point which is that placemaking is going to have value for them and everyone else in the district so I'll, I'll leave it with this if it's okay maybe the city attorneys if you guys or maybe we can ask them you know if they've seen any other opportunities where they can fill us in with other options I mean we all have a vast knowledge of my esteemed partner over here. <laughs> um, 
one potential idea is, yes, exactly. Uh, if we had, so we've got these bonus structures, we've got these different funds. If we had a, a fund, I will have to look at to see how we do this, but if we had a fund where, where uh, again, you, to qualify for the bonus, you pay into this fund, and that fund is specifically available for the rehab of these properties. It's like a, like a grant program uh, where, you know, I, I don't know, I, I just thinking out loud here. Can I know? ask you something about that? Um, so if we did something like that, I mean, I, it kind of feels like corporate welfare to me, but if we were interested in doing something like that, it would have to be a facade conversation, not a bone conversation, you know, because the, the bones of the building no. I, are not what I'm looking at when I'm walking down Sunset. So if that conversation would even start to take any way, shape, or form, right. it would have to be a facade conversation. Like an aesthetics, only aesthetics. Else. I gotcha. We're not like in the- Not structural. Yeah, not it's, it's, that's not our place. Understood. Again, I, I, and I don't even know if that's, uh, sorry to cut you off, Mayor. No, no, I, I mean, I think, I, I think you know, um, I was trying to stay out of the business of other people's business, right? Which is, you know, I think some of the money they may need is for, frankly, meeting the requirements of a 40, 50 year recertification, sure. right? Which is, you know, as you think about the stock of that, that stock, it's older. It's gonna stay older, it's gonna be older for longer because we're gonna likely freeze a zoning envelope that's gonna discourage them from being relooked at. But I, but I, you know, so I thought the yeah. other scheme was a way to get money in their pocket without us having to micromanage, right? How that money was spent. Mm -hmm. So, anyhow, that, by the way, the forty-year certification might not qualify for a lot of those properties just because of the sheer, the sheer uh, size of them. So, just an FYI, not just because they're commercial; they all go through forty-year certification. To, to my knowledge, they all do. No, they do not. No. Is there is there a minimum yeah. a, a minimum building size for yeah. forty fifty year research? Yeah, unit size. There's a minimum unit size and size. And stories. Huh? New stories. But okay. okay trust me. Can we leave it with you? <laughs> come up with ideas. You know. Sure. We not? came up with that one. That was quick. Okay. So, Mark, I think the, again consensus. So, don't spend your time on the TDR scheme. Okay, but we're looking. This, those are all the conversations that were really helpful um, because I, I look at the depth of, and that's why I brought up the aerial, whatever it is, um, because we just have a depth there that I want us to understand what the vision is to whether we use a TDR or some other mechanism to preserve it. Is the vision to preserve the entire building or is the vision to, to either uh, retain or restore or, or rebuild the facade of it with kind of what happened on Sunset Place where we're talking about a 30 foot or 50 foot setback. But in those cases, again, we have to be mindful of particularly the block between on the south side of Sunset between 58th Court and 58th Avenue. It has an alley behind it. It's very, it's not very narrow. Um, so I just wanted to understand what the concept was that we're moving towards to try to do this. Colleagues, thoughts on this? Just my opinion quickly, I don't find the architecture to be that charming, though I do find the height charming, so it would just be, for me, the height. How far back can you go with something? And the other thing, too, and I, you know, from talking to architects who've worked on Miami Beach, for example, and they all complain about the need to preserve facades because the cement is old and falling apart anyway, and they'd rather just rebuild it. Um, so these are all the, the things that I'm thinking about. So do you glue another structure 
or to preserve the front and put another structure behind it, or are we trying to make the owners whole on the entire structure? Would that, would that, would that, sorry to the mayor, uh, would that allow, sorry to that, um, would that allow, would that be a solution for you if we allow the maximum heights on the backside, maybe 50% of the property going to the rears to be allocated to four stories? Will that help with your, you know, the, the problem that you feel you have with TDRs here or the lack thereof? No, no I mean, my, my, my goal when I started the conversation with Sunset Place was to keep everything to the mid block at its current scale. But so the facade or the whole, the whole building? building? The whole building. So I was, I was, my conversation with the developer was, you know, the first 100 feet at minimum, it was maybe 120, I can't remember what the dimension was. Maybe Mr. Rusty can remind me, should be uh, at that scale. At that scale, at two feet? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see like that, but. No, I mean, again, opinion. that was, you know, I only got part of what I wanted there, which is fine. Uh, so, but that was the conversation. So that was my intent. Well, my question still applies. Would, if, if this was a scenario, if we increase the height restriction and allow to four on the 50% of the building to the rear, is that something you'd be amendable? I, I just, my, my, my only concern there would be what's the resulting architecture look like. I'm not sure that a, well, a building mean, with. That's a, exactly what I'm looking at. Let me see. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to find yeah, something that I'm not sure this conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. My concern is what the architecture look like if we restricted the height of the building. Yeah. Well, I mean, I envision, the way I envision this particular street is that we're going to be full of trees anyway going down that corridor. So you won't be able to see that much to the rears anyway, right, from the street facade. Th that's the way I envision it when I close my eyes walking down, you know, 10 years from now. So to me, that's not a big deal. The way I envision it moving forward. Again, I don't know. I, I have to I ask if a 50 I, foot wide corridor would, would work, it. right? So, Commissioner Lehman wanted to say something. Commissioner Lehman? Commissioner Kaye. I was just in El Retito and I was looking at the zoning. I'm not taking credit for the suggestion because I'm not necessarily suggesting it, but an idea to consider. So, there you can build three stories, four stories, but the fourth story has to be set back. You recall it's meters, right? Three or five meters. But maybe you allow a third. It's not a lot, but you set it back. Again, I think we we're talking about capping the height of four stories here. So I mean, we're not. We're not. Sorry. And sunset four. I believe. What's the, the proposal on sunset? We are entitled to four right now. Correct. So we can't yeah. go below that unless yeah. it's voluntary. The depth, Mayor. The depth of sunset place was was of that two-story envelope was 105 feet coming off of sunset. Some of these properties, so the properties without the alleys look like they're about 145 feet deep. Um, the properties with the alleys, though, uh, are uh, slightly shorter, 120 feet deep, roughly. So, Go the, ahead. Through the mayor, I don't think we have to answer those. I think these are great questions. Let's come back and just kind of land the plane on those. We have a lot to t discuss. I think we have the rest of the city to yeah. go through. So let's if you don't mind, let's just... No, I'm, I'm happy to go for it. What do you guys want to do? That was, that was helpful, though. Mm -hmm. kind of, I was having trouble with the guidance on what we're trying to achieve there. Um, but I, so I, we are looking for something to go to mid-block and not necessarily just have a facade. Look, I guess I'm going I'll, back I'll, to the question. Yeah, I'm going to give you my opinion. Well, I think, I th let's just say this. If, you know, there's nothing, there's very little there that's four stories. So if someone wants to build four stories, 
they're going to go four stories for the full length of the of, of their parcel. I would imagine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think one obvious concession then is we don't require them to build any parking, right? So they have that's all sellable or leasable FAR. Right? That would be one one give back if you're going to keep them at that scale. That I would suggest is a an idea of the pot, uh, but but you know, so I, I don't think we're talking about you know if we're talking about four stories, we're talking about four. If they're going to rebuild, they're going to rebuild to the maximum level, but they're not going to be re- rebuilt. And so the question is, how do we make it most attractive for them to do that and give us better architecture? I think maybe eliminating parking requirements, since we have a city reservoir within a quarter quarter block, might be one way to do it for the benefit of those buildings. And it, it would be good to know when we're having those conversations on average how many spots those places have because most of those buildings have like two parking spots or something. Yeah. Or no, oh, like, like two in the back or something. So it's, it's, not it's, it's very it's very limited. Yeah. You know, the, right. but uh, the yeah. question is, I mean, how many spots would, if they built to the four stories, would they induce by way of demand? So we should have a sense of what we would be inviting by way of construction that wouldn't be parked if we were to give them that kind of a concession. Yeah. So uh, just I want to make sure my point, not my point, just my opinion, because I do agree with Commissioner Lehman. I don't find the architecture currently as is, walking down Sunset, that historic and that beautiful, to be honest with you. Just, it's just my opinion, though. I think, so, all, of us, I think all of us agree on that. I think we're I like more the, I, speaking I like the character, about yeah. scale or, or possible charm versus what we actually have. But that's just my opinion. I, I think we, more of us share that opinion. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this, this, I guess we'll come back with some ideas and then we'll have discussions a little further. Yeah, and I think it would be helpful if we had individual discussions so that we, we can kind of flush some of this out with us individually and then help us get to a point where we've coalesced an idea okay. at the next kind of public conversation. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll go to the zoning map. Um, so the downtown, as proposed, um, and in, in your booklets, which you had from last week, the, all the details of the zoning code are there, but um, we have an hour, so we'll, we'll stick to the high-level points. Um, so what you see there is on the zoning code, we would expand the zoning, the, the Todd zoning area, um, through a number of areas, and any... So anything on the map that has a red border on it is changed from what it used to be. Um, the things that are not outlined in red are taught already. Um, all of the LWTH, the live work townhouse, are conversions from either. Um, the only case where it's from single family is up at the north end, uh, just on the north end of the Todd, um, where you see it below the RS4. The others are conversions of either uh, residential office, low, de- low intensity office, um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Um, and they're all, the LWTHs are intended to more or less border, become the transition around the Todd. And then the Todd has been filled in, so we've, Largan Hospital has a property, I believe it's the property that's the parking lot and not the actual hospital building, that's zoned hospital, um, which is a, a logical designation, however, it's the only thing zoned hospital. It's the uh, Baptist is, um, is a PUD, and it's in the public and institutional category for the land use map. 
So the idea was to create all that as Todd. Todd would accommodate hospital uses, medical offices, and so forth, so we're not taking anything away. Um, the other areas, as we go on north on 62nd, we, we have the Todd on the, on the east side. Uh, the new districts would be the, the school property, the Day County school property, and um, where the, uh, the uh, home for the elderly is. Um, going down 62nd on the west side, the Todd extends to, um, to basically the block where um, the, the newspaper is. Um, Mark, can I ask, does anyone else want to ha have Mark go through the new proposed categories and the standards for us? Or are you all clear as to what each of these individual designation means and what they're about? Yes. I, I'm good with, with either way. I just have one question. Like there's one tiny little light pink area that didn't change to anything. It stayed NMU. It, it's actually changed to NMU. And yeah, so everybody makes use as a new category. Okay, so that was so probably our um, uh, that would be a LBO or low. That's where the, the, uh, the uh, community newspaper building and properties are. And is there a reason we didn't make it all townhouse, that, that brown one? So we were transitioning that down um, in terms, not actually so much in terms of height, but in terms of what's capable of being built there. So right now there's an office there. Um, I forget the actual square footage of it, but um, it's larger than would be able to be accommodated in the townhouse, though we still felt that the mass goes from, from T, a TOD, and then it goes to where the, the empty property is, and then it goes to a four-story, which becomes a buffer mostly in terms of its use, and it allows it to still have a larger office building on the bottom and more of a um, like apartment building above it. And then we transition into the townhouses, which is a little more specific on the commercial. It actually isn't commercial, it's a residential category, but it allows you to have a live-work, but those live-works are divided up small, so we can't allow for a large office building. Okay, so then NMU is a, like a, has a higher density, higher yeah, height. If, if we can, Mark, why don't we yeah, quickly go, go through, through the categories, if you can walk us through the standards, just so that we all know what we're talking about. Okay. I, I could use the so, refresher. Um, yeah. I think the, the table is probably helpful. Um, so we have, we introduced neighborhood mixed use, which is to be used along Bird Road in particular at this point. It's still a commercial category, um, and it's basically a four-story building. It can be a larger building. It doesn't have to sit at, at a certain width of the lot. Um, we need 100 feet of frontage, which would be larger than that. So it would accommodate a variety of office or residential uses or commercial uses on the bottom. Um, it's basically more or less up to the developer, but they have to stay in four stories, and it has some requirement for the back of it where it faces residential to step back. Um, it has a number of particularities to, to move it forward onto the street on Bird Road, to make it more urban, to make it more walkable. And the parking, um, there's parking regulations that it, we're trying to cut down the number of driveways and the number of parking lots in the front. We want parking in the back. If there's an alley, they can park in the back or they can have a driveway, common driveways that need to parking in the back. We're trying to really take the parking off of the frontage so it's pedestrian. Um, so on Bird Road, those frontages are around, if I recall, like 106 feet or something. It's not a lot of room to work with, but it's still 
possible. One of the reasons we started doing mass diagrams was to see how these things work, uh, which I can, I can get to in a minute. Um, on those buildings, mixed use is not mandatory. So again, whatever, it doesn't have to have residential, it can, it doesn't have to be all commercial, it can be partly residential. We're trying to leave it open to whatever the market. It can, it can be, just to clarify, is it partly residential or is there a minimum amount of retail or commercial that we're requiring? The we left it open. Okay, so it's just a box, you can put any one of the permitted uses in it. Correct. Okay, I think that makes sense. Okay. Um, basically all the, all the setbacks and setbacks are more urban. We're trying to introduce a little more green space, a little less pavement. Parking will follow the parking regulations that were introduced earlier, which are much lower than the parking regulations are now. Um, and, and it has an FAR. I, again, whether we use FARs, but we're working it out to about 1.6. We may, in fact, not actually use, stipulate what the FAR is. Yes, ma'am, we recognize. Thank you. I, I have something that's a little worrying to me, and I want to know if everybody feels this way or if I'm just way off, because I could be. We keep talking about less parking spaces and less parking spaces just all over the place. But realistically, Miami, I don't know that we have less people with cars or driving. So we keep talking about this, but these people are going to end up wearing their car as a hat. Like, I, I don't, I, and I, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just trying to figure this out. Am I the only person seeing this? Or am I the only person that thinks this is an issue? Like, in my house, we were two people. And within the next couple months, we're going to have three cars. I mean, I yeah, don't. So I, I don't. Go sorry. Go ahead. I don't know if the trends, but what I've read through the trends is that the cars, the the, the usage of cars and the parking structures have continued to drop. Like how many parking spots are available per units? Because the trends are that more buildings are going to go up, less cars will be on the road, and transit will be better. That's the plan moving forward, and I think that's why everybody's planning to that particular way. Whether it happens or not, you know. That's can I can I ask a question to your point? Yeah, yeah. So for for the proposed revisions, mm -hmm. I know we have a myriad of parking revisions, standard revisions. Are we treating the changes near downtown differently than on Bird Road? Yes. Okay. So, um, so I think that kind of gets to your maybe your concern, which is we're further away from transit. We're right. still requiring a higher parking requirement, correct? Correct. So okay. all the parking requirements um, going back to to that section without going to the table. They're based on Institute of Transportation Engineers numbers, and then we took the 20% out for mixed use and put 20 shared use, I should say, and then 20% for proximity to transit, and then established those numbers. So, Mark, just to break, just to simplify that again further, right? Because yeah. I think we're very quickly moving through categories there. So, we said you know, you built in a 20% <coughs> reduction where there's a mix of uses. So, if you right. have commercial and residential, I'm assuming you're reducing the parking requirement for the lesser intense use by 20%. Is that what you're doing? Or are uh, you just reducing parking, you're reducing the parking globally by 20%? Globally. And, and globally. So for both uses, you're reducing it by 20%. Correct. And okay. the reason is just for the, we said at the beginning we would try to simplify the code and not have okay. a lot of um, applications with different parking calculations. There's a number and that's it. And in the aggregate, it should work. Pretty sensitive to the issue about Bird Road and even 62nd because as you get away from the transit, um, the parking needs may be greater. And one of the things that happens in the downtown is the new people who move in are sort of self-selecting. They're people who may say, I, I want to move here because the transit is here and I 
know that I'm going to have less parking spaces or have to pay for it. As we get to Bridge Road, it's a little more suburban, and I'm also very sensitive about the idea that people could park in the neighborhood behind it. So, again, we'll, we'll keep it a little higher, but we still want to reduce it from where we have it because we have a lot of pavement in the city, and we just have to work with that. Also on residential, almost no developers, and you will probably know more about it, but um, underparked residential. They always make sure that there's enough spaces because then you can't sell it or rent it. And Vice Mayor, go ahead. I, I just want to say something to us so that we, ha we have it top of mind again. When we're looking at all of these reductions and changes, I think it would behoove us to revisit the conversation we had with Coral Gables about having their trolley kind of come closer to 57th even, you know what I mean? Remember that conversation we had where we said, hey, can you put a trolley stop in front of 57th and Sunset instead of stopping it at Publix so that we could somehow then connect to their system and keep going because if we're looking at the trend of lowering parking, then we need to be cognizant of what we're doing with our residents. Like if you're on Bird Road, you're out of gas because the bus isn't going there and neither is the trolley, exactly. But but where we can try to control it, I think we should give that a little more thought. So Mark, just to kind of understand where we're drawing the distinction between the shared use and then the transit reduction, would the MNU or the Live Work Townhome or TOD on the west side of 62nd be entitled to that transit reduction on the, on the proposed zoning? It, it actually falls a little outside. Okay. Um, so, and again, since there is a residential neighborhood right behind it, it's still going to be reduced parking requirements. In terms um, of they're going to have the shared, a shared use the reduction. Shared use to the extent there is a shared use, because if it's single use, it'd be parking right. at, the, at the code required minimum, correct? Right. And the city's parking requirements were already kind of L lower, yeah. Uh, depending on which word you want to use, but they're more suburban okay. um, already. So, trying to lower it, and we're just using IT standards, so we have some support for what we're doing. Um, but yeah, 62nd, I think there's a sensitivity to the neighborhood behind it. Okay. Um, and so we'll have a little more parking requirement there. For the townhomes, Makes sense we're keeping it pretty simple. Um, so the townhomes are designed to really have the garage in the back. What we don't want is just when you establish townhouse zoning district, a lot of times you end up with the garage on the bottom floor and the doors up above. Um, we want to have some kind of workspace on the bottom floor. And the can we just back. go to that? Can yeah, we go to that category go next? Just talk about that. Um, Livework townhouse. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll just we we started doing some mass diagrams to see how these things work, and um, I can switch programs and just sort of twirl around. We purposely used more contemporary vernaculars um, and not done everything in a South Florida coastal style um, because. Probably at least half of us would get 300 real estate emails a day. Um, I do. And, you know, everything that's selling this new product is, is a contemporary design in Miami. So we want to make sure that that would still work, that the skin of the building could still work, and you could control the mass. But you can see we're, we're trying to push the mass of the building, the higher mass, back in the back and also even in the front, which is the bottom picture there. Um, again, these are just visualizations, and we can get into those a little later, but I think we're, once again, struggling for time. Um, the key aspect, though, is that each unit would be, first of all, I think that we have to have some space in between townhouses, otherwise 
it becomes an apartment building. So there is a, we're considering to keep a small between every two of them, a small um, setback on the side. Otherwise, the mass increases, the eye, the visual mass increases tremendously. Two is each unit then has two parking spaces in the back that fit underneath that floor plate, which is 25 feet wide, just enough for a garage uh, for two cars, and you have one in the front, so it's three spaces, which for live work, two for the, the residents, and at least one on the street for whatever your business is if you have a client uh, that comes to it. That's the thinking there, and it's, it's just keeping it simple. It's not really going with the other parking requirements, just like this is what you have to do. Um, I will say that I've been sort of doing these mass diagrams, uh, as a designer doing them, and uh, in some places, I think we may have to introduce a three-story one, because the four, it, it looks okay in some contexts, but in some contexts, it may be a little much. And that's something we can get into later. I mean, this is where I'm happy to do the comprehensive plan stuff ahead, because we're going to get into a lot of detail issues later on. Um, but for now, we're keeping it at four. And um, one of the thoughts was to keep it at four if you have the alley behind you. If you don't have the alley, keep it down to three. Because th those blocks tend to be the ones that are more sensitive. Um, just live work. Mark, Mark, sorry. sorry. Uh, just we, 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 we're, 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 being <laughs> we're being a little aggressive with our, you know, our neighbors currently have, when you have neighbors in the back, three stories. Just something con to consider, when they, even with an alleyway. We are seeing our neighbors be at three. We would be a little bit more aggressive at four, just to make sure we all understand. I mean, I, I think my, my concern about this is, is it really going to get built? Because you're talking about probably at the four-story, it going from an, a building without an elevator That's to exactly one width. And so I don't know that that, you know, for this number of units is something that they're going to want to Without cost. an elevator? Yeah, I mean, it's four stories four. without an elevator is not something I think that is you know feasible, that, feasible right. from a from a from a market perspective. I agree. And then to add the four story with an elevator with what it looks like a, you know very small yield of units is a kind of a uh, cost prohibitive um, exercise. So I think we just need to test this. Maybe Mark, if we can talk to some actual folks that are building product like this and see if it's something that this is a, a, a scheme that works. Um, I mean, that, that's my first concern. And then, I, you know, we're looking for a minimum lot frontage of 120 feet. Mm -hmm. Sorry, did you, have a, did you have a question? Oh, go ahead. Okay. We have a minimum lot frontage of 120 feet, so we're talking about, we're looking at a 50-foot wide building, two 50-foot wide buildings within uh, 10-foot distance separation between the envelope of both buildings. So basically two buildings on one recorded lot. It would be 10 Correct. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So what happens is our minimum lots size anywhere in the city are 50. Um, a lot of them in the area that we're looking at, if they're small on the backside of Bird Road, uh, are 60s. So that's where the 120 came from. Uh, there are places where it's 50 where it's going to have to, again, that this is, you know, I don't like to use the term living document. It's just I'm figuring it out as we go along. Um, and we're, we're going to have to think about that too because the, fi the, the 25 foot wide, I mean, sorry, the 50 foot wide lots don't allow a single owner to develop anything um, unless I'm saying that the wrong way. We want to make sure that, that, they're, that they don't require a lot of assembly. Um, so we have 100 foot, 120 foot, that's 
two lots, and that's kind of where we want to keep it to. Um, this is this sorry. Is we, say, this when is we say when we say again. I'm 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 confused, and so yeah. I don't know if anybody else is. But when we say two lots, we're talking about two sixty foot Correct. wide lots. Okay. Correct. So I, I guess the point is why you know again why would we not make this a sixty foot minimum lot frontage standard mm -hmm. as opposed to one twenty because I think you know then we have an interior side setback of ten feet. Right, should that be five? I think it's really what you're shooting for, right? You want a 50-foot wide building with five feet on each side, so you don't have basically an attached row that looks like an apartment building. Right. Is that that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing you say? I just don't know if the standards kind of marry that vision. Uh, the the uh, the concept came from <coughs> if there's not an alley in the back of it, then we need a way to be, and we want the parking to be in the back. We need a way to get there. So if we have two, then we have room for a driveway. Them yeah, I, I just I don't know that if if you're going to have an alley, I would imagine you'd have an ingress from either end in, ingress from either end of the alley as right. opposed to at the mid block. Is that is that what you have a ten foot wide? That's exactly what I'm saying. So if you have an alley, great. We could, this is an easier yeah. product to do. But okay. if there's not an alley, we need to have um, what would be a shared driveway between two townhouses, um, just four units. Or it could be actually eight units if the bottom okay. floor is uh, uh, auxiliary living unit. So we would need to have room for that without encroaching anywhere. Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. This is, I mean, this is a great conversation because this is like trying to fit a product into a lot of different places in the city and make it work for all those places. It's, it's becoming a very difficult one. Um. What I was going to say. Oh, when you're looking at these 120s, you are imagining that whoever is doing it, especially here, the backside of Bird Road, Bird Road they would be purchasing various of them. And so, wouldn't we be able to then maybe play a little bit when it when there's why no there alley? Is, why there? Why? Because why if he's talking 120. Well, I think that's, that's what, 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 what the mayor's saying. If he's talking about 120, somebody has purchased two lots. But let's let's play the game and say that somebody wants to buy three of them. Okay, I'm just making this up. If you don't have an alley in the back, why wouldn't we say if you don't have an alley in the back, you have to have, you can give up some of the front maybe and take it through, like have the, make a pretend alley maybe in the back. I'm just thinking of, of like, I think, I think one of the questions I, I have is what's the standard dimension for a townhome, right, in terms of the envelope? It's 25 by, 25. by, by 100, 25 by 75? Uh, the way this, the setbacks work out. 25 by 50. You know, what, what, what are we talking about in terms of the envelope of the actual home mm -hmm. to get a minimum yield in terms of the square footage, right. typically on two stories, right? And then, you know, we need to have some space for parking both inside a garage and uh, on, on a surface apron and probably at the rear. Maybe they want an outdoor living area. I don't know. The, yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, I was going to say the standard that we see typically mm -hmm. here in, in Miami is 75 by 100, 7,500 square feet. 75 by 100 to build. That's the standard. Now to build, smaller, to build two town to two build townhouse. Yeah, side yeah, by side homes. Side by side homes. That's the standard. Now it could go 6,000 square feet, so it'd be 60 by whatever. Like the, there's a lot of different ways of doing that, but there's no real standard. But the one that I see the most is 75 by 100. So in in Coconut Grove, 
the, the duplexes, those are nice duplexes they built over the grove. Those are 50 foot wide lots. They require five feet on each side, so now you're down to 40. So each side is 20 feet, believe How it or deep? not. And it's 20 feet, and uh, you need 20 feet in the front, 20 feet in the back, so you, you've got a, a depth of 60. So it's 50 by 100, by usually 60. 50 by 100, right? It's a 5,000. That's exactly. a small one. That's a 5,000 square foot lot. Right. In the Grove, you also have the 7,500 square foot lots, and then they increase all the way up to 10. So right. they're right. all you different. Know, I so, go, go. But I was going to say the one complication that, that Mark is highlighting here is in the Grove, you can do that because you put the garage in the front. Right? Mm -hmm. So you can have that small five foot depth. And you can't do that here? It, well, you could, but, but if you're, but I mean, these are proposed so on Bird Road. I mean, you're not going to have. We don't have curb cuts. They're on the back. Some, they're on the back of Bird Road, so there's a street there. So you have you have a neighborhood retail on Bird Road. Behind that is where you see this. So it's not on Bird. It's on 41st Street. But I think we are looking at on 62nd Avenue. Well, but so they have but they have they have an alleyway. They do have an alley. So no, I was going to ask, you know, how many of these locations that we're looking at do not have alleys? So it's it's, 60, yeah. it's behind Bird Road, 41st Street, basically. Um, okay. 62nd Red Road, where the Apartment, sort of two-story apartments are. Um, and along 57th Avenue. Also yeah. down Red Road, more longer term probably, but the, the office buildings. Um, some of the areas behind um, the, uh, re the commercial retail on US-1, and then on both sides of Sunset, where right now we have autos and LOs, which are basically the converted houses. So it's, it's a very wide variety of lots and situations and that's that's what's been a struggle to do this um ha have we looked at and i don't remember their name it was a brother and sister group they are building by the church off of like off of 64th street there were those tiny little lots that we approved they were like row house lots thank you shotgun lots and we changed the zoning so that they could build those houses, and I, I wonder if we don't look at what we did there to try to figure that out a little bit, because those houses are super restricted. I can't remember. But I, I can't remember that project. They did a really nice. Yeah, you, they have in front of the, the church by the Family Dollar. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think that legislation was passed way before this commission. Yes, because I, I championed that legislation for years, and the, it was just a simple reason why we had to reduce the setback to even make it a buildable, um, very difficult to get that approval with the fire department. But the reason I did that is that I argued that those homes have negative value because you pay property and of course they have value, but you're paying property taxes. You couldn't build anything there. There are wood shotgun homes and I said if there was termites, a fire, a hurricane, you couldn't even rebuild what was there. So I just wanted to stimulate growth, develop value for the for the landowner, and then also there's an affordable housing argument there. But um, yeah, those lots were already plotted. Non, they're, they're very they're small and narrow. Non, they're all non-conforming non lots. If, like I said, so, so to that point, actually, that's why I, I wanted to go next in terms of this question, which is we're setting 120 by 100 foot minimum lot standard. Mm -hmm. And so what I don't want to do is by adopting this category and requiring a whole bunch of re-subdivisions of land to build this product, because that's going to slow down the very desire to see this land use category used for actual sure. construction. So, so Mark, I, 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 if you, if there, is there a way for us to kind of reconcile 
where we're thinking about adopting this category, what the standard dimension is, and should we really adopt a dimension that's consistent with what's platted today, unless they're so substandard that would not work. And, and to that point, in terms of marketable product, and Mark, you um, brought something, sorry, Tony, in terms of the grow, also those are very linear living environments, right? Um, and you mentioned this more, we're trying to fit a lot, right? We're, we're most fragmented boundaries, we're t net two and a half square miles. Do we need, I, I, I love the product, and um, I think it'll attract a great demographic one. I think uh, Commissioner Corey would really like to, to see in our city, but um, is it too much, do we even need the zoning category, or should it be uh, sort of a flex category in terms of, um, and the mayor's absolutely right, uh, three stories is marketable without an elevator, um, four is, is not. And the irony about this product is, Mayor, the question, I wonder if it'll sell. They sell very quickly, and then they sell very quickly again, because they're very cool when you see it, but when you live there, you end up putting it on the market. So a, a townhouse um, layout that really works is a garage on the first floor, and then you have a little guest room or office, main living area, kitchen, and so forth, and a great space on the second floor, and bedrooms on the third. Because once you park, you go up the second floor, then it, you're, it's reduced to two stories. You forget about it. But... So where I'm going with that is with this option to make this work is what I'm thinking is you either have a garage, it's optional, you have a garage, or if you prefer not to have a garage, you do this concept where it's an office, but then you have parking in front. You follow me? We don't necessarily need covered parking, garage parking. You can park, um, we have townhouses here by crack. No garage, there's just street parking. So why not make this, the commission's interested, make it an option where you either have a garage or you make that an office, and then you have parking in right in front of the office, right? If we use this rendering here, just abuts the glass. Partly because we actually would lose, so the way we're proposing these is to come to the street. And if we have the garage in the front, not only would we lose the sort of urban, you know, we take the grass that we could have or landscape and do away with it. But the other reason is that if there's a two-car garage in the front, instead of in the back, then we lose the parking space on the street. So this is kind of a way to get three spaces total instead of two. Unless it was set back a lot, and now we're getting into some more suburban yeah. end where it's two in the garage and two on the driveway. I think to kind of put a, a real-world example, I think we're, what this would try to encourage is more product, like the product you see built behind boxes, right, that expresses itself to the street as opposed to what you see near Cracked, which is townhomes with parking, a parking apron right up against the sidewalk. No, I understand, but you're basically just, you're looking at a first, first story parking apron as opposed to it, it being set, it being, it being hidden behind the building. So, um, it's, yeah, I know, and I, I, you know, look, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure, I'm, I have, this is the category I have the most doubts about. One is, you know, the four-story, I don't know that it's functional without an elevator. I'm not sure what's worth offering for that reason. Um, you know, I, I'm just wondering whether these aren't better, all NMU districts, right, which allow for the flexibility of the three stories and any number of, of any, any, any number of alternative products. Right, that one could build there. We started out um, yeah. earlier, like last year, with this NMU all over the place, but then we decided because, as Tony says, we're only one legislative session away from preemption, 
we decided we always are so <laughs> there's like 12 new preemption bills coming down this year so we we, uh, we opened our eyes to that fact and yeah. and so we're trying to in all the places possible that are in the middle of neighborhoods to convert those to residential designations okay so that we don't have to that's a good point that. Yes, Madam Vice Mayor. Um, do we, I, I agree with you when you're talking about the four stories in the elevator because mm -hmm. I looked at a townhouse that had four stories and there was no elevator and it was like, I'm never going to live here. Uh, but I wonder if we leave it open at four and somebody wants to add the elevator, then that's their choice. Exactly. But if you say, hey, only three is going to work because I don't want to put an elevator, then you have that capability too. I think leaving that flexibility in there can only be a good thing. I, I think it's an excellent point. I mean, I don't, again. I mean, it's, it's I, I have the same considerations, four or three. We're kind of starting at four and seeing if it'll work. Um, if somebody wants to put an elevator in so that they can go to the fourth floor gym with the Stairmaster, um, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's what people do, right? So. Um, yeah, so yeah. Why, why don't we leave it, let it go to the planning board, we'll talk to some people as well, see if anyone would be interested in building it, and by the time it gets back to us, we'll have a better idea. Yeah, I think by the time it gets back to us, I'd just like to have the, the minimum lot frontage and depth requirements clarified, because I just don't want to then see a rash of, yeah. of subdivision applications to try to execute on the category. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we're trying to deal with a lot of different lot sizes, and maybe there's a way to do this. That's based on flatted blocks as they are. Oh, box over there. Uh, okay, so Liver Townhouse, we have more work to do, of course. Um, Todd Core. So the Todd Core area uh, is a, also a new district, and these are all the new districts. So Todd Core gets implemented everywhere. There's MU6 or any place that we're in within a quarter mile of the transit station. Um, quarter mile will be measured by radius and and it'll include a whole block we're going to try to avoid if that's you're in agreement with that we'd like to avoid split blocks as much as possible um which leads to somebody assembles and we have the split zoning and it's messy um so the todd core would be basically the same as the todd in terms of uses and parking um it's just basically a difference in height um, so here we have eight stories base height, which is exactly what MU6 has right now. Um, and that would include now the site that we're on, which now the city hall is right now um, Todd PI. Oh, we're going to get rid of that category. It becomes Todd Core because you are close to a transit station. Well, we would like to rezone also the county's property as Todd Core because at PI, it's an odd duck, so to say, it's four, is it four stories or, or six? The, the, the county's property, the, the station. Right now, the PI allows two stories. So the use there is non-compliant technically. So it would be nice to just zone that as part of the mixed use, um, as long as the county is okay with that. Which, which parcel are we talking about? The library or are we talking about the uh, transit station? The transit station. Doesn't that already have RTZ zoning? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. That trumps whatever we have. Correct. Right? What, what Marcus is referring to is what we have on the books. Right? Okay. So, so we're trying to bring that into, uh, trying to make that consistent. 
with what they, what they can do, or at least better approach what they're allowed to do. They've already done it. They have. I mean, we don't have to touch it. He's just trying to clean up the map. Yeah. And it makes our Todd Coyle look on the map a little more rational, because otherwise you have the bullseye pulled out. Okay. Right. Um, no, I don't have any strong objection to it. It's built out anyways. I have one comment that I've discussed with Mark that I just want to bring to, to your attention. We're calling it Todd Core for the purpose of this meeting, and we have a Todd district, right? Um, the Live Local Glitch Bill that's coming through provides that if, um, if, you, are, if you are anywhere within a transit-oriented district, uh, the municipality does, cannot require parking, parking yeah. if you're in a Live Local development. Um, so my thought was to take Todd Core and make that Todd, and everything around it becomes transit supportive or some other nomenclature. Some, it's just a name, but I, I don't. I think we're extending that that impact unnecessarily. That's my thought, but I, I put it before you guys. So the actual Todd nomenclature that we have now, not Todd Core, would change to would change to something something else. I, you know. So, but let me ask you: the yeah. effect of that bill is going to be tomorrow. I mean, realistically, mm -hmm. I mean that's it's uh, sent over messages from the Senate, right? Mm -hmm. uh, rumor as of last week was the House is not going to touch any aspect of the bill, so it's going to go very quickly to the floor in the next week. It's got an immediate effective date as it's drafted. Once it's signed, if if someone comes in, so so the, the I guess the question is, do we need a remedial ordinance to change the designations, the names of the designations today? Because otherwise, we're you know we're in, inviting inviting danger. I think we're inviting danger under any scenario. Okay, <laughs> that, to, to be to be fair, I'm ha we're happy to do a remedial bill or a remedial ordinance, but. Um, I think we're playing, it, it's very late in the game anyway, no matter what we do. Okay. So I, I have no problem bringing that ordinance, you know. I mean, realistically, the session's over March 8th. Right. So uh, we wouldn't see it. We could see it the earliest. March 3rd. March 3rd. And yeah, first reading. My first reading. So, I mean, if that's something we're going to do, then let's, if we're going to. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Does this mean that everyone in the city named Todd has to change their Todd name? Todd has to change their oh. name. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> He's back. Mark, go, going back to the Todd um, on the on the east side, south side of US One, on Sunset Drive, you have Todd Core, and then you have Todd with TDR and Overlay. It's on but the north side of if Sunset. I could, if I could just suggest something before while we're while we're on the topic, Mr. Resio, Mr. Angle, why don't we just get why don't we just call it City Core or something other than just eliminate the word transit? Right? Okay. Sorry. My apologies. Commissioner, I'm sorry. You're recognized again. No, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> so, but, let me, let me, I'm sorry. Uh, indulgence. When we stand up this as a comprehensive plan amendment, do we then have to avoid a transit? I mean, there are a lot of advantages to being in a transit-oriented district. Um, I mean, do we have to avoid that entirely? Or? What, what's the fear? I'm sorry. Like, can I understand the fear? Because, I the mean, I think we've that, done a lot of pre preemptive uh, the, the decisions fear. here to make sure that we cover the, our butts on this. So. Well, this, so the new glitch bill uh, eliminates, uh, preempts FLORIA, preempts FLORIA, and significantly reduces parking standards. 
floor-area ratio or FAR. I don't think we're getting around the floor-area ratio one, no. but, but the parking one is, is the one that has an impact. So it, first it says if you are within a half mile of, the, of a major transit hub, Okay. Which we are. Which so that's we everything are. in this. We, yeah. For we have to require, we have to reduce parking. We have to reduce parking by 20%. That's fine. As it is in the code right now? Correct. Okay. Or as it is, what no, is in as, the code as right is now. In, no, as is in the bill. So the draft of the bill says if you're within a, uh, sorry, quarter mile of a uh, transit station, half, half, mile. half mile within a transit yeah. station, which everything in our town center is, right, essentially, you have to reduce parking by a minimum of 20%. My question is, in the current code. So right now the code, hold on, the code. Uh, give do, we have, do we have parking requirements for Todd? Today? Thank you, sorry. Thank you. That's a good question. Yeah. And they are reduced. Now, do we have a minimum parking requirement for Todd today? No, uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So that would be, whatever it is right now would be reduced to another 20%. To, it would be reduced to zero within no. the transit-oriented development. 20%. Yeah, so there's two tiers. Let me just explain. So the tier is there's a transit-oriented development area rule. You're, if you've designated in your, is it your comp plan, right, in your comp plan or in your zoning code? It, it doesn't says, say. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say. So yeah. we have, probably have it designated both ways. If it has that designation, you, uh, you cannot require parking. Basically, they're saying let the market build what they need within those areas. If you're within a half mile of a major transit hub, and they define that in the bill, right, which the metro station would qualify, right, you have to reduce parking by not less than 20%. We, we do that probably already as a matter of course. We're proposing to do that with these changes, mm -hmm. but the danger is the TOD designation would wipe out any parking requirements. Can, can I just say something? Yeah, Madam Vice Mayor. And I wonder if I just don't get it, and it has nothing really to do with any of us, but I'm asking you because you guys might know this better than I. Have people like not taken into account at all when they're going through this that people have cars? Because it's like, oh, zero parking. Yeah. I want you to name three people you know that live in Miami that don't live on Brickell, that, have, that don't have cars. Or Midtown. Or mid, you know what I mean? Like, everybody has a car, and now we're saying, oh, zero. So what's this person supposed to do with their car? So then we as a city now have to start building parking garages? No, I think what they're trying to do is incentivize. Yeah, but the bus system sucks. They want to incentivize public, I mean, low affordable housing and stuff. That's all they want to do. They, no, don't, they don't care what it is. That's yeah, all they but, do. But even then, those people need a car. Not if they're on a transit station. I think that's what they're trying to do. That's craziness to me. It, it is what it is. It's, what the, it's what's been proposed. So um, I think it's a, a excellent catch. And um, my my thought is my my thought is we should probably just take transit out of the name, both at the at least at, the, yeah. at least in the zo in the zoning in our zoning code has not so in our comp plan. So right. right. Yeah. We're, we're not going to be able to touch the comp plan in that time, time period. period. Correct. Right. And it's, it's, it's a text amendment that yeah. we'll be making. Um, now we can do it long term, mm -hmm. so that applications after we do that, but we're it's going to be like a, a gap period where we're we'll have to roll the dice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We'll just call it our odd district. The odd district. Just take out no. transit. <laughs> no, go. We're being we're being uninclusive. Yes, <laughs> through the mayor. Yes, sir. Uh, Mark. So my question was, before I was rudely interrupted, by the way, if if, Very if, we're, if we're going west on Sunset, uh, past you West One on the north side of Sunset, is that core is that Todd core as well? I'm um, looking at the side, map. Yes. yes, sir. 
And on the south side, that's only Todd Core with TDRs? On the of south sunset? side? Of Sunset? Here? On, on the south no, on the map, no, it's on it's on the west side. I'm sorry, on the east side of, okay. of the US-1. That, that's Todd Core as well, both sides of Sunset. Both sides? Um, no, it's not. Yes, yes. I thought we that, have a restriction that, there. That's all, well, right, that's where we also have the TDR. Because um, you have a split there. You have on Sunset Drive, you have Todd, closer to 57th Avenue, and then further west on 50 on Sunset, you have Todd Core. So on, on the east side, on Sunset, we have Todd Core in the, the triangle, so to say, on the north side of Sunset and east side of US-1. And then it extend because this was based on the TDR issue as well, we want to treat both sides the same way, otherwise it might get a little more complicated. Um, that was when we were going to have a TDR. Sorry, what? I keep it in one zoning district. We have, we have multiple zoning districts in that on Sunset Drive between 57th and US-1. You have Todd Core, you have DS, and you have Todd. Right. It's, the it's Todd Core height, I mean, restrictions are a lot different than they are on Todd and then DS. It's specifically on Sunset, right? Right. So, so on Sun, and actually that this map had an error in it, but again, so that doesn't that address anymore. the restrictions that we're all talking about on Sunset. No, I think it's a. I think it's a good point you're making, which is what what are the restrictions that are applicable on Sunset? What are they captured? So is that what you were capturing the information from us so we can modify that? So 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 commissioner, I think what you're looking at is a zoning map, mm -hmm. right? So it they may be they may have a designation, but that designation may be subject to a height restriction that will be adopted somewhere else in the text. Is that it, what it I'm, just is that wasn't what, in the restrictions. I mean, the what is the right? What's the regu How are we going to regulate height on Sunset? I guess is the commissioner's question. On, on Sunset, on both sides of Sunset. <coughs> mm -hmm. No, on the east side of Sunset from US-1. But, but both sides of the east side, the north and south, the hometown. Yes. Well, so yes, in, yes, in, yes, the yes. in the DS district, it's already regulated, right? right. By virtue of the adoption of the changes, the question is on the south side from 57th to 58th and then everything else, north and south to uh, US-1. So the, the Prior to the discussion we just had about TDR, the idea was to have that as Todd Core with the TDR. So it's, it's in a sense, creating rights that can be sold. Um, but not as written in the restrictions. Can I say something? So now that that doesn't exist, that that's not part of the conversation, are you going to take what we said and bring it back and show us? Yes. When we need? Okay. That's what I was asking. Yeah, so we'll need a text amendment addressing right. parcels that front on sunset. On sunset. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Sorry, we're not even up to the text amendment yet, which is not the concept. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Do <laughs> we haven't gotten to that part. Okay. So, sorry, to that point quickly, do we have a time goal marked? In the I think mission? we should try to wrap this up in the next, this topic in the next 10 minutes if we can. Okay. I mean, zoning. Zoning, uh, correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good for everyone. Great. Um, let's see. Uh, I have comparisons in the old booklet for comparing the Todd Core and the Todd Todd regular, or as we'll rename it. I think I heard something like city center or, or town center. I don't know. It's a city. Mixed use. All we had in the past four to five was just a 
is a bit more expensive. This is a bit more expansive than that, but I mean, I think it's the right kind of language. Something, something along those lines probably makes sense. So yes, and we'll we'll have to rework this so that I'm not sure what we're going to do on sunset yet, but I'll, I'll talk to Tony and we'll figure it out. <laughs> so. Okay, so I think the last category we have is RM65. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So RM65 was to address, and again, this is the new districts, um, to address the issue on um, south of the, what's now the hometown district, to redevelop some of the older stock of residential that's there, most of which is a mix of two to four-story buildings, except the Aztec, which is sitting there at eight stories. Um, it's right now RM18 and RM24, which are the city has fairly low densities for uh, multifamily. So the, um, the proposal is really to take that up to RM65, 65 units an acre, which more or less, and again, density can have a lot of forms. It's, it's very hard to nail it down, but would support something like a six to seven story building with a lot of floor area. Again, it's an area where we need to really work some numbers to see, but RM65, was basically borrowed from what the what the DS, the downtown Soma, used to be at RM65, and that, that seemed to fit something like a six to seven story building. Um, the number could change a little bit, and as we start to work the numbers and the sites and also look at the total number, it basically is just to have a higher category than the RM18s and RM24s. Because in fact, if we adopt all of this, our townhouse would be more density than the multifamily. So we're trying to just bring everything up. Um, so, it, and it's intended to be in, a, in the six to seven story range. It says seven stories in the table. Um, again, we're gonna work to try to get the regulations to um, one, cut down on the mass of the buildings. And this is also built into Todd. We're, again, the numbers aren't set in stone yet, but to try to not allow very wide buildings. You know, the frontages have to be sort of controlled. Um, and we're going to try to, with the form of the building, incentivize as much as possible to have the parking in the building and not have large parking fields. So like when you look at the aerial downtown, you see a lot of asphalt and we're trying to control that. Questions for Mark on this category? Okay, Mark, Mark, are we, in terms of parking reductions, there's no, there's no eligibility for further parking reductions in this category, correct? I'm sorry? They're not eligible for parking reductions in this category as you're proposing it, correct? The, no, uh, well, the, the way that the parking works is, that is intended for Todd Core, Todd Regular, and no, RM65. Yeah. And RM65 is that we've just established new parking regulations. The parking regulations that we're proposing actually um, emphasize more reduction on the commercial side and less reduction on the residential side with the idea, and I think it's come up at the table so far, that if, even if you ride transit, you still own a car and you need to store it somewhere. So we're trying to be a little more conservative on the reductions for, uh, for residential. Okay, I'm just concerned about the proximity here to single family for some of these areas. So that's yes. the reason why I make the comment. Uh, can I go back to one comment on TOD? Uh, the maximum floor plate you're saying for bonus floors is 25,000 square feet. Is that yes. correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, now that we're actually seeing real-life building built here, the only kind of comment I've gotten objecting to the Winn-Dixie, really, other than some people complaining about noise of construction, 
is really just the mass in, the mass and size of the building and that's entire basically city block. So I'm just wondering whether the 25,000 square foot floor plate is seems large for a bonus floor plate. Seems large for I mean yeah. I th and I think we had the same discussion about the downtown sun and we ended up on 20. I think we had 20 there. I, I mean I would think we probably want to do something Downtown Somi is kind of its own animal, just 10 acres. I mean, I think we'd probably want to do something a bit more conservative here and be closer to 18,000 square feet mm -hmm. would be my thought. But I just want to throw that into the mix as you kind of put this, bring this forward to the planning board. This is the building square, uh, the building ratio, like the building. This is the, so, so for the bonus floor, the floor, yeah, the floor plate here is they're proposing is so 25,000. the minimum 000. is 25,000 square feet? The, no, the, right the now, maximum floor maximum plate. Maximum is 25,000 square feet. Yes, yes ma'am. Would we want to look at, in, instead of just taking it down, mm -hmm. would we want to look at creative ways to open that up? You know, you've got so many different buildings in the world where that ground floor does various things, so it doesn't look like, you know, the building's eating the surrounding streets. So I wonder if we get too complicated, if we do that, like say, hey, you can get between this and this, but you have to have you know, open space or whatever. Yeah, what we're talking about here is the upper floors. So you're talking about if you went yeah, from eight to four, you know, eight to the four, from floor nine to 14, right? Yes. It's, you know, it's 25,000 feet is big. So it just, it can look larger, more imposing. I know, that's why I'm saying, do we wanna play, I get that it's here, but do we wanna play with what is here? If, if, if you have something interesting here, you're not looking here. You see what I mean? So I, I wonder if that's something we're even interested in looking at, talking about. So many other places deal with that, you know, that kind of situation better than Yeah, I, I, I just like to, I think just as a, a reference where we have some tall, taller buildings, right? Probably if you can give me a sense of what the maximum floor plates are. City of Miami, Coral Gables, Miami Beach. I just want to see where we are with a 25,000 square foot floor plate relative to everybody else in the market. And then are you suggesting 18? I mean, I would say 18 is probably the, the largest I would like to see. I mean, it's, I think it's a standard I'm familiar with elsewhere, but mm -hmm. if they can present to us what people are looking at in terms of maximum floor plates in other commercial core districts, <laughs> not to use the uh, transit word, right? Um, I think it'd be, it would be helpful. <laughs> and actually, this... Try, starts to address that. Vice Mayor Bonich just brought up the massing of the building on the bottom. It's difficult. Um, the first shot has been, you know, just a shot across the bow. And again, is it something to look at each block, block and try to figure out what works for everybody? Because in the lower levels, there's parking. And parking doesn't scale so well. It's got yeah. like certain dimensions that work really well. Yeah. You know, if you've got 125 feet of depth, you are in great shape for parking. If there's something under that or over that, you're kind of so it's it's hard but we're gonna the intention the same as talking about townhouses all these things the scale is not only what the IC is going vertically but what it sees going across the, the block you have 500 foot blocks you have 200 foot miners everything here yeah. so we're gonna try to work that out and again it's something one of the things that uh, I have been working on is um, you see some of them, but we're doing mass diagrams for the whole city. It's basic white buildings, mass diagrams. Mm -hmm. Just try to figure out how this will work because we have a lot of different block sizes. Yeah. Through the mayor. Yes, sir. Going back to Todd expansions, on RM 
65. I was looking at the, you know, the proposed zoning. I didn't see, I didn't see uh, RM65 on the, on the schedule here. Obviously, we're also assuming that there's no bonus structures for any of those residential multifamilies, but I didn't see 54 there. I mean, 65, RM65. And I just wanted to see what the height restrictions were in there because it's not on here that I saw. Maybe I missed it. I'm sorry, you're talking about the map? Here you go, if you want. It's, it's on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, I was missing. Oh, That's okay. fine. Never mind. Questions for Mark before we try to wrap this up. Mark, one last question. I'm, I'm looking at the proposed zoning map um, in the, the package here. Mm -hmm. um, is, is the Kimco site, which is on 62nd uh, on the south side of um, 62nd and US 1, is it is it zone GR here or is it zone Todd? Is it proposed to be zone Todd? That's a good question. Because, in fact, the last time we discussed that a little more informally, um, we talked about extending Todd down to the Kimco site, and then we also talked about leaving it as GR. Um, it's probably... Yeah, I, I, my preference would be for to see it be GR, just yes. because I, I think we need to, in terms of good faith with the neighbors uh, there, we need to kind of regulate or fix that intersection before we kind of liberalize the zoning on that side. That intersection doesn't work today. There'll, there'll be no way yeah, to escape that neighbor, not down 80th, not down 57th after Sunset Place, and it's not just South Miami. It's <coughs> High Pines, Coral Gables, Pinecrest. Yes, yeah. yes, Madam Vice Mayor. I, I agree with you because I think we all have been at that intersection. Yes. I think it bears saying that that's kind of almost a self-inflicted wound because when you close other streets in that area and only allow main arteries to get in and out, you can't be upset that you have traffic when you want your residential streets closed. I don't, I'm not sure what street you're referring From to. 62, on 62 and 80, all of those streets go nowhere. They used to go out. Yep. I, on 67, I mean, there's only one, there's, yeah, there's only one residential street that's closed on 67, I think there's 84th, a 84th. There's, there's like yeah, but, I, but I think that, I think the, um, the problem is well beyond yeah. south of 80th Street, okay. to be, you know, respectful. I, I think it's, it's just also function of the fact there's a canal there that becomes a, a, a east, there's not a lot of east-west crossing opportunities yeah, yeah, onto no US-1, so I think, I think GR is probably a better placeholder. Correct, but I don't do want to do that. How do we do that though? Yeah, right. That's well, so so we we started a conversation with the county about looking at getting road impact fee money to reconfigure that intersection because what that intersection right now desperately needs is the acquisition of some right away, uh, the relocation of some of the overhead transmittal lines, so you can create a free a free flow right lane out of the neighborhood, you know, south to north. Um, you know, it, right now that that intersection doesn't work. A lot of the queuing that gets that gets created is uh, a byproduct of the fact that people can't go northbound on US one because there's no right turn, and it's been compounded now by the fact that FDOT did some improvements the next block over. People would escape just past the McDonald's and make a right turn, but they've added a bulb out there that has now precluded that movement as well. So, but uh, my my point wasn't with traffic. I'm sorry, Mayor. Yeah, yeah. My my point is my question was how do we how do we make sure that we're pushing redevelopment if it's GR or whatnot in that in that Kimco property? 
So I wasn't, I mean, I know we all know what the issues are and what we're trying to do to solve the current traffic issue. But if we want to encourage something different there, how do we do that? I actually have a question that is tied to that. Um, last time we met on this, we talked about potentially making the comprehensive plan changes uh, to the map. Yes. Uh, changing the zoning code, but not necessarily changing all of the zoning districts. I agree. So to meet that. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to that end, if we were to do that here, it's GR right now. If it had the future land use uh, designation, uh, designation exactly, that would support a Todd potentially, then they would have to come in with a project to seek rezoning. And that's where there would be control over, okay, have you addressed the traffic issues and that kind of thing? So that's one scenario okay. for addressing it. I think that's a better way of adding. I'm just concerned about the designation being given like, uh, in this map. Yeah. But it, this map shows, I think shows Todd, if I'm not mistaken. It, it does, it does. Yeah. But, but I think based on your direction last time, I think this is just like illustrative of-, of But I don't, know if my, I don't know if my colleagues support that direction. Yeah, fair enough, so. fair enough. <laughs> Support what? I, my head, my prior suggestion had been that we make the text modifications, consolidate the categories for uses, and then only make minimal changes to the zoning map, but adopt the complaint amendments so that we are approving rezonings with a specific project as opposed to just conferring the rezoning without a project coming forward. That was my suggestion before. But I don't, again, just to be clear, I don't know that I'm speaking for the board. Now we're in a moment. Yeah, but you guys, there's two things. We just talked two things, and we didn't answer either one of them. So are we going to leave that site GR? Because here I think what the city attorney is suggesting is that we change the comp plan to allow it to receive a Todd designation and possibly consider leaving it as GR. I'd be comfortable with that. That would solve my issue. Yeah. That doesn't solve your issue. I, I don't have an issue. I'm just trying to get an answer. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm fine with it, too. I think it's important that we especially for that particular property that we incentivize something yeah. new there. And if that is the thing, then we do have to do what the mayor was talking about, which is start talking about trans the, the street there. That street okay. is out of control. It is the street, yes. Right. In, in terms of incentivizing also, if you look, it's the same owner, it'll remain the same owner. So they have a low cost basis. Also, the majority of the par property is a parking lot. Mm -hmm. So... There's plenty of incentive that's inherent in the property itself without further. But to do what, general retail again? Well, you could do residential, retail. It abuts, it abuts, you need retail. It abuts US-1. I know, but retail is dying. That's not the future. I mean, that's, that, I don't think, I mean, I don't think this is what I would envision. This is just my opinion. I understand where you guys are coming from on that side of the neighborhood, so I get it. Um, I just don't envision that being successful in the future. And that's why I would want to designate this in a different aspect to look like what in 20 years it should look like yeah, and, and, I, what, and, I, and what the market's going to bear. And I think the, I think the owners already indicated they don't think that what's there with the GR category is going to be the future either. I mean, they proposed something markedly different before. I, I, I just think that um, we, need to, we need to send a signal we're willing to have a conversation. And personally, I've spoken to them and said the issue here is we need to, ration, we need to rationalize the functionality of 62nd. <clears throat> And 80 streets because right now they don't work mm -hmm. without the demand and if we put our heads together and figure that out then i think we can in good faith can adopt a modification to the zoning map that allow for something new to go there yeah. okay. next was the second half of the conversation 
which is, if I understand it correctly, we're making all the paper changes, but we're not actually giving anybody the changes. We're going to make them pay for the changes. Not so much pay for the changes, but, but bring a project. Uh, so some of these would, would be changed. So some of the ones like NMU, like the Livework Townhouse, those could probably be changed, right? Um, but for the bigger stuff, the stuff where, where you go from, uh, which, where you presently have like four stories and you can go up to now 10 with a, with a bonus, the idea would be to keep that, if, if this is what the, what the commission wants, the idea would be to keep the zoning map color the same as it is right now so that they have to come and apply, meaning they're gonna come, they're gonna show you what they're gonna do as opposed to just giving it to them and yeah. And, and, and how many of these would have that issue? Um, I think if you're looking in, in the, the artist formerly known as Todd, it would be in, the, in the, the outer area of that portion and maybe some of the, the Todd core area, which was um, right around the, the metro rail station, that might be similarly affected. Um, and then Probably RM65 would be in there. RM65 is another one. Yeah, that's so right. Essentially, all we would be changing then would be Live Work Townhouse. And NMU, I think. And, and NMU. Oh, the little dot here. Okay. Uh, and on Bird Road. Remember, those are, those are, those are defensive plays because of Live Local. Right. Mm -hmm. right. So we would do the text changes. Uh, and when somebody wants to come into with a project, right. they have a text to work from. This is what I want that is already set. Correct. They have the comp plan designation in place, and it's just a matter of bringing their site plan and rezoning together at the same time. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I wonder what you guys think. Um, I have a question about the comp plan and the GR. Um, we would have the comp plan designation, and actually, the, you know, the tail end of today's discussion, you have the future land use map on the big paper in front of you, which is one is the one that's existing and one is the one that's um, proposed. On that map, based on the comments from February 6th, um, McKim co-site stays as the general retail, or uh, uh, commercial retail and office. Um, what about the block in between, where the McDonald's is and a few other stores? Because we have a little gap between the Todd and the Todd. If we map it out that way, it's the logic of it is not as good. What, what was that again? I'm sorry, I missed it. There's a block that would, it's, do we have on the future land use map, we redesignate the Kimco site because it is big and it makes sense for Todd. But we still have a block in the middle between the, the tail end of the Todd from downtown. Um, or so from McDonald's to Fox's, essentially? Right. Yeah. Fox's in the pharmacy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm fine with that staying GR on the map as well. So everything south of Einstein's. I, I'm, yeah. I think everything south of Einstein's, I'd be fine if it stayed uh, GR. So then, just to wrap that around my... Zoning-wise, yeah. Then everything would be GR around it, but then we would give the Kimco property a Todd designation? So they would all have... I think what, 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 what we had discussed before is the underlying future land use would be compatible with a future Todd designation for all of those properties, but they'd have an interim zoning designation of GR. Okay, so then in our comp plan? Our comp plan, yes. We'll, for all of these, including Kimco, we'll say Todd. It would, be, right Todd, it would be a Todd, it would be a Todd consistent 
uh, feature line just map designations. From Foxes, McDonald's, everybody else. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Okay, further questions of Mark. Mark, any direction you want from us before we turn um, this back over to you? So many, but the, the one that's okay. important. Okay. <laughs> the one that's important is, I think, what we decided. They're gonna say make in, it stop, is what was the next comment. What you just said, we're gonna try to move the comprehensive plan a little faster, um, so that what we might end up doing is have the comprehensive plan be transmitted. Uh, it has to go to first reading, has to go to planning board, first reading, active workshop, Planning board first reading at the commission. While it's transmitted, we might still be talking about the details of the zoning text because I think that's going to go longer. Um, so what's in front of you is a um, what, what's on your desk today that says draft comprehensive plan text amendment. It has the same logo. It looks similar. Are the what we're initially proposing? It's in cross zero underline. It's. It's everything in the land use plan that has gone through, we've gone through, but also all the other elements some places there are, play, there are things that tie in. Um, blue is added, red is, red cross through is deleted. There are some notes underneath each one. And as we went through them, also noted some things that were obsolete and policy that we could just clean up along the way. So I guess that will be the next discussion. Um, this, is, this is like an ongoing thing at this point. So, um, so I just wanted to present that to you. I know it's, it's obviously too much to read in the next minute. Um, can, can I ask something? Madam Vice Mayor. We, we didn't answer the question of the city attorney mentioned leaving it the way it is and then everybody coming and changing it piece by piece. And I said, what do you guys think? But nobody answered oh. about that versus just doing the zoning change. I think, uh, in my opinion, I understand where they're coming from with the traffic issues, and that's why they're doing that. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I think everybody would agree to change it to Todd. Am, am I incorrect? If it yeah. wasn't for the issues on 62nd Avenue, yeah, I think if the, we, we would had, change we, it to we Todd. Had, we had a functioning intersection. I think it makes sense to change it to Todd. Right. So. Okay, and in general, with, can you explain it one more time so that everybody knows what I'm asking? Yes. So... The, the idea is change the comprehensive plan, the policy document, so this, this map, right? Adopt that, adopt the text changes to the comprehensive plan, um, adopt some of the zoning changes to match the comprehensive plan, but leave some out. Probably leave the ones that are Todd, uh, or that Todd. are currently called Todd right now, yeah. that would be City Core or something like that. Um, leave those out of the change um, for the time being and adopt all the zoning regulations so that if it's ever changed in the future, the regulations are already in place and they can hit the ground running, but they would have to come and seek that change uh, from the commission. That's the, the concept versus changing it all now. Okay, what do you guys think? I wanna know what you think. I have some concerns about that extra step of zoning, the subjectivity of whoever they come to bring that forward to, that you could end up with more of a spotty map in the future, um, as well as you know less of an incentive, I suppose, because there is still that extra step. And on top of that, some of these areas that we'd be taking off the map still have large-scale developments that need to be approved from the commission, so there is that control in it. I, I guess I wouldn't see, 
I'd like to hear some of the benefits everyone else thinks to not making final zoning changes. The reason I suggested that before is we are we do have a site plan approval requirement for large scale development. Or anything over four stories has to come to the board. So I think the I think you know my experience with the development what people want is predictability. So if you've told them this is what we want in the future, and this is the process, and they can get in and out of that process with some level of uh, certainty in terms of timing, the rezoning is really not a prohibitive step because it can happen concurrent with the site plan approval. The, uh, I think the benefit of doing it that way is that it weeds out, uh, or frankly not weeds out, but it basically mitigates against the prospect that people now are going to start to ask significantly higher amounts for the same piece of land because it's been redesignated with more quote unquote rights. And so that creates some friction in the market around people who are sellers and people who are buyers that want to actually execute projects. I, I want to reward people who are, my, my th thinking is I'd rather reward people for execution than for sitting in land banking uh, on dirt. And I think that, again, I don't think it's going to add any additional time because both applications could be considered jointly. So and now as to the cost, just by way of information, I've been talking to Ms. Cabrera about changing our current fee schedule because it's extraordinarily cost prohibitive for people to come in and ask for a rezoning. Like we've got very small projects that have to pay $30,000 to come in and ask for a change. It's, it's a lot of money. It doesn't make sense. So we're working on hopefully a change that we'll bring back to the board here uh, in the coming weeks. Certainly, with the uh, the Kimco site, that's a concern. Um, and I, I understand the mayor's concern and his motivation. I, and I agree with um, his motivation. But yeah, I don't. Uh, even if it's just the optics, I don't want to create another layer, another process, bogging down commission, planning board. Um, I'd like I'd like to simplify everything. Realistically, also, there's only so many parcels, right? Still a small city. I mean, look, I, I've always been of the concept that we need to simplify everything and just, you know, the vision is a vision and move forward on it. But there is very specific areas where the neighbors are, will be affected and those need to be looked at a little bit more profound, right? I didn't agree a lot with the mayor before on when we're talking about SOMI district and all that stuff. But this particular one, since it is surrounded by uh, residential and other ones that are surrounded by residential, it does make, make a difference there. And, and what do you think about doing the changes on paper but then having people apply for a zoning change? It's, it's, it's a very small amount of properties that we would do that, mm -hmm. so I'm okay with it. If I could just add one more thing. One of the concerns I had with that as well is just the four out of five vote on rezoning and how restrictive that might be or how easy it might be to hold out on a development. And I, I was, we were just looking up the large scale development vote, but I think that's a, that, is that a four out of five or three out of five for the large scale development? If it's not increasing, it's probably three out of five. That's council answer out of five. Yeah. Right, so we'd basically be creating a higher restriction for every development that would come in. Is it cons that's just something to think about. Or is it four out of five? No, no, no. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's three out of five. Um, 
potential alternative <laughs> uh, is go with the map, but beef up the large scale procedure, or actually get rid of the large scale procedure. Just do a site plan approval requirement for anything you're going to build in Todd. Uh, or whatever Todd is called. Um, <laughs> yeah. Prince. In the, in the, uh, in the Josh zoning district. <laughs> um, and, and beef up what the requirements are, you know, and, and traffic. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, again, my, my, my concern is not really the process, right, because I think the process is, you know, I've got places that have lots of process, but you can get in and out in three months, and it's not an issue. I think we could be in that category of places. Yeah. I think the, the, my bigger concern is... You want to incentivize progress. I want to incentivize progress. I think if you just give people the rights, you know, you could end up with a... We, have, we all know there's one, one piece of land we'd all love to see redeveloped, right, in South Miami. Not going to name it, but... Um, those rights are conferred, there's less of an urgency to do something, and, right? And let's be honest, yeah. right? If we look at the history of the city, it's been very little, very few properties have turned over, right? Very few properties have traded, and there's been little to no development. So then Even we're when projects are approved, it's just the unfortunate reality. Okay, so what are we doing, guys? Are we making it so you have to, like, <laughs> So that we, it just gets written and we're done, or are we doing it where it gets written, but you have to ask for the change? Like written and then we're done. Who's with that one? Is it, is it you and me? We do the change and be done. That's not what they said. Well, essentially, it was do the comp plan change, do the zoning change, and then just redesignate everything. Versus that is one option. I think the exactly. option is: do we do we adopt a final zoning map, or do we just adopt modifications to address the immediately local issues, and have a comp plan change, and then allow for individual rezonings consistent with basically uh, the future land use designations? Okay. So then, do it so all now, or do some now, and have correct. people have to come to us later for other ones. Those are the two choices: yeah. now, later. Do we have to make that decision now? I don't. I don't. Uh, we probably. We I probably should. Don't, I, we, but yeah. we've talked about this now a, a couple of times, and I think that well, no. we we should give even if we have a, a an idea of direction. I I am not particularly married to either one. That's why I'm asking you guys what you want to do. But I I feel like we've kicked this one around, and we still haven't come to a decision. I don't know. And I think everybody knows where I'm at. So looking at clarification for me, I'm in the. The, let's do all the work. Way. Let's do all the work, and then let's just give people a reason to come and ask for both the site plan approval. And okay, the so you're the later. I'm the later. Okay. I, I'm just concerned that the map isn't going to look like this when when it's all done. So that people are going to come. Yeah, I'm the now. Okay. And this preceded this commission, right? But speaking of commission court, the whole point of this, you know, is adopted and embraced by this commission as well, but it's to incentivize progress. Yeah. Can I, I'm not, no, I, and I don't. I think I don't think that uh, my concern is: it will it retard progress? Because it, you know, there's um, there's a settling effect right that has to happen. I mean, Winwood, which we all look at now, the code was adopted a decade ago, right? And you've seen the last three or four years, projects really start to happen. And so, my concern is: if you give people the reward of the entitlements, there's a settling effect in the marketplace where people start to trade and haggle about what's the right execution value, right? And so. You know, it it could slow, slow the execution phase, and that's that's my sincere concern. 
Otherwise, I mean, you know, we've all landed an idea of where we want to be. I think we're sending that signal very clearly in the marketplace. I think we've done enough already to kind of remove barriers for the one project that started here to start to, to start to build. So long as you know this commission is, or a commission like it is, you know, uh, in charge of um, directing the city, I, I think people can confidently come here and know that they're going to get what the future land use map indicates is appropriate. But you know, I understand commissions can change, and that is a risk. But I don't. Um, I think it's. You know, we started, when did they adopt the hometown code? I mean, the hometown ordinance was adopted almost 25 years ago. I mean, there's, you know, that was a pretty substantial modification with the intention of encouraging a lot of development, and not a lot of development happened. Part of that was because we had some outdated process rules, but I think also it's, you know, it's just there's, there's an inertia to do nothing uh, when you're a landowner and you don't have an agency to sell. Right. Champion the... The zoning and progress in commerce, and it didn't lead to a, a single project. And, and what do you think, Steve? <coughs> well, I also think that the commission has always been historically really restrictive and hands-on. Mm -hmm. So that's and that kind of plays into what you're saying a little bit, where we don't really want that. Like we want the plan to be the plan, and move forward hands-off. No, well, I think I think if that's how we want to, if we want a hands-off approach, then you know, um, why we require a site plan approval at large scale, just pretty much everything that's gonna happen in the town center. To come before us as a conversation, we should probably have then, right? So. That's a fair point. Yeah. So where do we, where do we land on this? I don't know where we're I don't, I, don't, I think also, you know, I said this to Commissioner Lehman before we got elected. I think we also need to be mindful of the fact that we want an evolution, but we don't want this to be perceived as a revolution, right? And I think it's important that what we do here is gonna be viewed by the public. I mean, it's already, I mean, I've, I don't know if you guys have been following some of the chats on next door about the ballot initiative that we have on the 19th. There's a lot of skepticism and concern that, you know, it's gonna be kind of a runaway development scenario with all of us at the helm. And so I think, you know, taking an incremental step, which says to the market, we wanna do things, we wanna see positive progress happen, right, is, is again, building that confidence, but not executing it all at once and making people come and show what they wanna build is a way to also address that concern that we're evolving, but we're not just, you know, um, not being careful about how we're growing. Well, and this is, and, and that's only just for the city hall property. This is just for the referendum. So I, I, I don't know if I agree with that sentiment just based on what you've seen on next door, because that, that's I'm not one. saying, I, that's, again, it's like, with anything where there's a lot of change, you know, people are change adverse generally. And so I think, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just, again, I'm just, just saying to all of you as my colleagues, I want to see this happen as much as anybody here. The city needs to grow and evolve, but we need to make sure that people feel like we're doing this in a way that's responsible. I think this is a way to send a clear signal to the market as to what we want. Right? We've gone through the exercise, we've gone through the expense. You know, every application that comes with a map designation consistent with what we've talked about should get approved, all things being equal, right? And it should be able to get done pretty quickly. But I also, I'm also not naive enough to ignore the fact that people have a high, high wariness about the fact that they don't think, you know, that people like us are going to mine the store responsibly. And so I'm trying to kind of strike that balance. Okay. So, sorry, for, sorry, Steve, for you. An hour later. I'm not neither. You're a neither? Are you stuck with me? I'm not stuck. What are, but are I understand, are like, yeah, well, I am stuck. Are you an hour later? <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I'm not ready. You want to ask your question? You're, so. not, you're not now or later? No, I'll be later. I'll make I think Commissioner Liebman just asked me, just okay. by way of sidebar, you know, what's the difference if they have to come for approval anyways? I think, I think the point is, to my point before, if your expectation now that your zoning has changed is that it's worth more property, you may never get to a point where someone brings forward site approval because there's no, it's, you know, it may create a disincentive to someone to find the price where a transaction can get executed. I mean, I've, you know, I've heard a bunch of war stories. I'm sure you all have been approached about people who want to, you know, owners that are talking about selling pieces of property. And the gap today, based on the expectations of what we're talking about, have been raised in terms of what they think their value of their land is, right? So my concern is that we're just feeding that, that fire, which is what I call the settling effect. Well, isn't, it, right? isn't it all just market-driven anyway? Right. It is, but we don't have to create, I mean, I think we have to be careful about, as policymakers, are we creating more froth in the market? And are we, by doing that, delaying the execution of actual projects? That's my only point. I mean, I don't have, if I knew what the answer was, I'd tell you. I just don't know what it is. I can just tell you based on it's experience, it takes points. a while for these things to settle out. And I, I want them to settle more quickly than not. I'd rather say, you know, I'd rather, as a buyer, be able to tell the seller there is some entitlement risk, right? Let's go together, right? And let's agree to a price. And if something changes, then, you know, the price is reflected. If it doesn't change, we can do a deal. But that's, again, my perspective alone. Obviously, we'll live by the moot with the, what this commission decides you want to do on this issue. <laughs> I mean, we don't, I mean, yeah. that's the truth. I, I gave an answer. I so know, now, I, we have a now and a now, right? Well, no, I don't know what I am. That's why I kept asking okay, everybody. Okay, got it, okay. Because I'm, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, from a process point of view, it seems like doing it all now is smarter because we're one and done. You know, we don't keep adding all this residual work to it. I, the, the flip side is I understand the whole mm -hmm. value thing, but I'm like, we, we're going to have to get somewhere. And it, so it becomes like, do I do now just because logically it makes sense when you look at it on paper? So I'm inclined to say now because of that, because I want it to be done. I can just tell you, you know, so I spent a long time working to adopt Miami 21. Uh, Maurice Ray started rezoning the map of Miami in the early 80s, right, when they had their first financial crisis. Uh, if you look at the history of Wynwood, uh, Edgewater, you know, Edgewater in particular, Brickell, lots of rights given on paper, very little realistically built, right? Mm -hmm. I think part of that is also a byproduct of people's expectations about value get raised, right? Yeah. There's also a lot of capacity that you put into the marketplace at one time. So it's harder to, markets to absorb what you're proposing to build. So, you know, my, my, my tendency just based on that learning that experience is, you know, we're going, we're going fast, we're going a little bit slower, which is, it's not gonna add, if, if I was concerned that people were less likely to apply, right, um, for a rezoning, when they already have to apply for a site plan, I would say, let's adopt the map. But I think they're gonna say, if I can get in and out of this process in three to four months and know not only that I'm gonna get the rezoning, but what I can build, and the rights to build that for two years, They'll probably take that risk, you know, nine out of ten times. Can I can I ask you something and then I'll stop and I think we we kind of know where we all stand. Um, what what is the perceived cost implication for the end user, not us, for the developer or the whoever it is, you know, the the person wanting to build this? Would there be an additional cost implication to them if we didn't do the one and done change? Because you're talking about an expedited process, but 
if we don't do this change, are we also adding a cost element to that? Yeah, there's the, there's the application cost. I mean, one, one thing we one thing we did in Miami, I think, in the early 2000s, is we, you know, you can you can say the first handful of applications pay a reduced fee schedule, right? If you want to incentivize people coming to bring projects, you can you can create a monetary incentive, right, for people to come in sooner with a concept as opposed to waiting. I'm open to all those conversations. I don't want this to be a barrier, but I also don't want our action to be something that, by virtue of people's expectations, retards progress. I did want to ask Commissioner Lieben a question on this. Since you did uh, uh, somewhat, you know, pioneer and help with the zoning before, do you think it was the rezoning that slowed progress or the five out of five vote that slowed progress? All of that more, but the, the five out of five <laughs> more. So what I was going to say is maybe you said send a clear signal to the market. So yeah, I guess the best hybrid and the way to make Commissioner more secure is take the approach you're suggesting, but then offer reduced fees. For, for a period of time, yeah. yeah. period of time or for the X project. Um, yeah, I think that's a good compliment, which to quote you, send your signal, right? We'd send the, the clear signal yeah. to the market yeah. because I don't know if this is a clear signal without that. Yeah. So uh, that was a good compromise. I think that's a fair point. So, okay, I don't know if so I did we reach, did we reach a, a decision on this then that we can move forward with and not have to talk yes. about it again? Okay, so it's we, time for so it's a, a later, I say it's a later with incentives for people who, who apply within the, a certain time period. So we'll give staff the direction to bring something back along those lines. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys have four out of five votes. Let's just hope we can keep that going if we pass it this way. <laughs> okay. I think we are. I think that we, there's a couple items. Did you want to talk about your ERPB process? Because we haven't had a chance to be briefed on it. That's, uh, I only advertise what zoning works. Okay. Oh. Even better. Okay, no problem. Thank you. We can do that in the next. In the next, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. We can. Because I think the commission meeting is going to take 75 hours. Hopefully not. And guess what? I'm going to tell all y'all right now. And I have to be the leader of don't be wordy. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say when it comes to the meeting, let's not be there for 17 hours. Let's say what we got to say and be done. Good. Okay. On that note, we send adjourned. No, no, there you go. <laughs>